श्री गोरी वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए परंतराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाए evening everyone nice to be back with all of you so we continue our discussion of Srimad Bhagavatam we're discussing from the fifth fifth chapter of the first canto and as we've heard in this chapter Nard is getting to the cause of Vyasa's despondency, which is unusual, it would seem, having the uh, qualifications that he does, coming from a good lineage, the Parashara, and um, his his theoretical knowledge, his practical knowledge, his realization of Brahman and so forth, still not satisfied. So, this is curious, and he's confident at the same time that Bhagavan Narada has the answer, who's appeared on the scene. (sighs) Out of the necessity of Vyas, so, as we've heard and discussed, well, in common English parlance, it said necessity is the mother of invention. So, similarly, spiritual necessity is uh, the solution, really. If we don't have a material necessity, we have a problem that cannot be solved. If we don't have a spiritual necessity, we have a problem that cannot be solved. If we have a spiritual necessity, then the problem of material existence can be unraveled. If we don't have a spiritual problem, spiritual necessity, then we don't understand that we have a material problem to begin with. So, where's the question of a solution then? We'll have no ear for that. So this weakness, if you will, that sometimes people um, attribute to those who are religious or spiritual. Sometimes religion is considered a crutch for those who need it. Mm-hmm. And this weakness, uh, as it's thought, is actually a strength mm-hmm. because it's a coming to grips with the reality of our smallness in the face of material nature, our, our necessity. Sanatana Goswami beautifully depicted this spiritual necessity in his approach to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he said, Keami Kene Jartapatrai. He said, Keami Kene, I don't know who I am, why am I, who am I, and why Kene, Keami, who am I, Jar Kene, Kene Jartapatrai, and why Kene do I have to suffer? the threefold miseries of material existence. He sorted out the fact that material life is is a source of suffering and in the midst of that we don't know who we are. Hmm? So, uh, to have this kind of necessity is um, hardly a weakness. It's a strength and it's the beginning of the solution. So, in the solution, in the necessity, 
the problem, the solution is found. Nard appeared on the scene. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur, for example, has said, well, when he was criticized for, or questioned for printing a magazine about God, about Sri Krishna every day, in his Nadia Prakash, it was a daily magazine, daily newspaper, when a question, how can you present something daily about God, he said, well, we could present every minute about God, but um, there's not very many customers, so we're only doing it on a daily basis. There's not enough necessity, in other words. As much as there's a necessity, then there's uh, the uh, capacity of Bhagavan to respond. In fact, he's attracted to that kind of necessity, to that uh, perceived and understood weakness of ourselves in the face of material nature and on the strength of uh, our very nature. In other words, our weakness is not just that we're confronted with material nature. Our weakness is that we're prone to be in a particular situation, uh, a, a problematic situation uh, in relation to material nature because of our constitution being what it is. We're small, if you want, if you will, in size. There's an inherent defect in us. This is the original doctrine of original sin here. We're inherently defective in comparison, let us say, to Bhagwan, who is also consciousness. But uh, never uh, does he come under the influence of material nature. Material nature is just as powerful, but his position is different than ours. So he never comes under the influence of that, just like the light never comes under the influence of the shadow that it creates. And similarly, there is the entourage of Bhagwan, the retinue of Bhagwan, his Swarup Shakti, uh, Jashoda, Nanda. Hmm? I asked the question in, in uh, Winston-Salem recently, can Yashoda fall hmm? from Goloka? I was <laughs> going to even entertain such a thought. Hmm? And of course, I brought up in a different context, Yashoda, Nanda, Subal, Lalita, Vishaka. These are the devotees representing different sentiments, different uh, rasas, different tastes of love for Bhagavan, whom, whose love we follow in the wake of. So, If we are following in the wake of that love, and in the context of following that, as Krishna says, in arriving there, in that abode, one cannot come back. How can they come back? How one cannot return to material existence? How can they ever fall from there? Side point, but I brought it up there in the context of this idea of uh, free will uh, that, that in relation to determinism and the idea that we would be called compatibilists in a sense that we find there's a compatibility between determinism and free will. There's an overriding will of Bhagawan that determines everything. Hmm? And in the context of that, we have some free will in a minute sense. So there can be free will within something that's determined. God knows everything. We like to say, well, God wants us to want him. That kind of sums it up there. Hmm? 
In other words, nothing can happen without the sanction of God. So, where's the free will? Well, there's some free will, some volition. It's small that we have. Hmm? And if he sanctions, then it's possible. We don't have the free will like he does, such as Sankalpa. Whatever he wills is. Hmm? We may will something. If he doesn't sanction it, it won't happen. So, for love of God, people like to say, well, if there's no choice, then there's no love of God. Did you show to have a choice? And does she love God? <laughs> she does, certainly. And does bhakti, is bhakti your choice? It's actually the choice of Bhagwan. The choice of Bhagwan's devotees, who are his Kripa Shakti, as we've been learning from Madhurya Kadambini, for example. Hmm? They choose to show mercy, and they create what's called Agyata Sukriti. Agyata Sukriti means that we are engaged, become engaged in bhakti by their grace without knowing. Where's the choice? Hmm. Choice on the part of the devotees <laughs> for Bhagwan's mercy, to bestow mercy on us. And we are the unwilling and unknowing recipients. Hmm? Of course, in the context of that, as it comes on, the love of Bhagavan for us, in the form of the grace of the devotees, then we can choose to go faster or to go slower. We can, we can, neha bhikkamanashvasti patyavayana vidyate Describing bhakti in the Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna, in this, in this path, there's no loss. Uh, if you go enter in, there's no loss. You may slow down your progress. You may implicate your, you may uh, complicate your progress by offense and so forth. Mm-hmm. But offense will wear off and the practice and the benefit of the contact with the bhakti will come to bear fruit. Narada is an example of that. In the verses he speaks tonight, uh, without saying so directly, they, they speak somewhat about that um, previous life to the life that he's going to describe here in Bhagavatam that he had. Hmm? We'll get to that. So here, Bhagavan Nard, the great devotee Nard, is, is appearing on the scene and uh, tendering to Vyasa's necessity. Hmm? is the solution that corresponds with the problem. Hmm? And he has told Vyas that you've wasted your time, you have not sufficiently glorified the Lord. We've spoken a little bit about him here and there, but we haven't come out and said it in no certain terms. Bhakti to Bhagawan, this is the goal of life. This is the solution, this is the means, this is the ends, and so forth. Your preoccupation with Vedanta is not very beautiful. Hmm? unto itself. Hmm? You have to go from Brahma Jignasu to Rasa Jignasu. And of course, that is Srimad Bhagavatam. So here, he begins directly in two verses we'll discuss tonight. Glorify those topics about the Lord that the Bhagavatam is constituted of. Hmm? From beginning to end. Hmm? And 
power of those uh, that uh, that glorification of Bhagwan that the Bhagavatam speaks of deals with exclusively is uh, also mentioned and as I say Narada came under the influence of that he heard well he heard the Sankirtan as a Gandharva and Gandharva Loka hmm? he rejected it he thought it was not very sophisticated in, in his musical content the Gandharva is a great uh, celestial musician hmm? and as a result of that he had to take birth uh, in a family in which he didn't know his father. Hmm? From Gandharva Loka, he became a, 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 a commoner on earth. Hmm? Uh, but he got the good fe- benefit as well of the, of the Bhagavatas, the devotees residing in his mother's house during the rainy season and speaking the Bhagavat, doing kirtan. Hmm? And in that life then, as the offense uh, was uh, had exhausted itself. He again got the creep of the devotees. Again, he went forward. He became the great Narada Muni. And that life he'll describe here uh, as the text goes on. So here, anyway, he dis- explains this. He cannot be but thinking of himself hmm. when he speaks these verses in his previous life as a Gandharva. He'll hear it and he'll understand it better. He says... Nayad bachas chitra padam harayarisho chagat pavitram pavinita karichit tadbhasam tirtum shanti manasaha nayatra hangsa niramanti usikshaya yattag visargo janatag viplavo yasmin pratislokam madhavati api namani anantasya yashon kitaniyat shinvanti gayanti grinanti sadhava these are very famous and beautiful verses. Prabhupada renders them quite uh, poetically himself. I'll read his translations. He says, Those words which do not describe the glories of the Lord who alone can sanctify the atmosphere of the whole universe are considered to be by saintly persons like unto a place of pilgrimage for crows. Since the all-perfect persons are inhabitants of the transcendental abode, they do not derive any pleasure there. On the other hand, that literature, which is full of the descriptions of the transcendental glories, of the name, fame, forms, pastimes, etc., of the Supreme Lord, is a different creation, full of transcendental words directed towards bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of the word of the world's misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literatures, even though imperfectly composed, are heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. Very beautiful translations of very beautiful verses. One verse, the first of which, um, primarily, Narada Muni speaks about that literature which is not composed of glorification of the Lord. And in the second verse, about that literature which is com- uh, 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 full of 
glorification of the Lord. So we have the contrast of that which it is not and that which it is that uh, the us should be preoccupied with. Hmm? He should not be preoccupied with those topics that do not glorify the Lord. And in a broad sense, Narada has included everything else except really uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, because though there may be some glorification of the Lord here and there and some things said about him, it, 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 it's not fully centered on his glorification and uh, in the way, comparatively, that Srimad Bhagavatam is. And Srimad Bhagavatam, of course, he's being encouraged, Vyasa, that is, by Narada to compose, but the work of Vyasa in composing, compiling, putting together the Srimad Bhagavatam is not um, his work unto himself. The Bhagavatam, in essence, is that kata about Hari, hmm? where glorification of Hari is the uh, principal subject. So it's a live, living, ongoing, the story of, 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 of Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the beautiful story of Krishna. It's, it's, it's not limited, as I said, when you say to the 18,000 verses here, we find it in, in the form we find it here in Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's, he's, uh, he, he has criticized all the other Vedic literatures in comparison to Bhagavatam. He's saying that without that, without a book dealing exclusively with that, exclusively with that glorification of Bhagavan, Shri Krishna, then the rest of it is really a waste of time. And this is a repeated message, as we can see. We heard Sutta Goswami say this earlier. Uh, he criticized uh, Varnashram and obviously all the texts that go with it, and Gyan also, hmm? karma and Gyan in relation to Bhakti. So this is again, the Bhagavatam is again come, what the Bhagavatam is essentially consists of is being emphasized here. Hmm? Sometimes we call the section the Narada Bhagavatam. So Narada is speaking the Bhagavatam, he's speaking essentially what it is about here, what it is not. So the Bhagavat moves in this way, the Gita moves in this way. What is pure devotion, what is not pure devotion? Hmm? It's not glorifying sometimes what is not pure devotion, sometimes what it is, pick and choose, no. It's, glorif- it's speaking elaborately, the Gita, for example, about what is not pure devotion, to contrast it with what is pure devotion, so that we'll have the sense to make the right choice. And it also directly glorifies pure devotion. And from those glorifications, we can understand why it sometimes speaks about other types of yoga, for example, by way, as I say, of contrast. So here a contrast is given. Hmm? What kind of literature is not useful, will not be a solution hmm, to your problem, and what kind of literature is? So he says that what? Nayad vachas chitrapadam harer yasho. Harer yasho means the jasha, the fame of Hari. Harer, harer of Hari. Harer yasho, fame. So uh, he says that there may be other literatures. Indeed, there are. Nayad vachas chitrapadam harer yasho. They. He, 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 he speaks of a certain type of literature here, he says. Chitra padam. Chitra means 
picture. Vachas um, chitrapadam. It means like picture words, hmm? like poetry. Hmm? Uh, it means um, beautiful, chitra means beautiful, beautiful uh, words, beautiful poetry. Poetry is beautiful if it's good. Hmm? It's a way of um, speaking and making a picture, kind of like descriptive writing that can be very beautiful and take you right right there to the place. It's, it's described in great detail so uh, and, and very beautifully in a compelling way and so forth. Basically what Narada is saying here is it's the best literature of the world. Hmm? The, 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 here in the context of the cultural times, the, the arts he's speaking about, drama, poetry, the, the arts which make the world larger hmm, than it is, and magnify those emotions and give you the possibility to experience them while sitting in the audience and and have a larger than a larger than life experience, right? It never happens quite like that in the, as it does in the theater. Hmm? Uh, so it takes the, the emotive components and experience of human life and it just stretches it a bit to think, I could be that good, he could be that bad, hmm? people could be that bad, people could be that good. Such a story could actually happen, it's something like that. Hmm? So this is the work of the poets, try to make the world bigger. I've glorified poetic language. Indeed, Rupa Goswami has used poetic language and theory, hmm? the uh, rasa theory, uh, the language of aesthetics, as a vehicle to explain the life of Bhagawan and his devotees. So it, it has value. He chose this language. No other really Vedantan in a systematic way chose the language of the arts, the theater, hmm? drama, poetry to enter into a debate with the uh, with the Advaitans, the dry Mayavad ideas and so forth, Brahmagyan, hmm? Ramanuja debated with them, Madhva debated with them, and they used the same dry Upanishadic language that Shankar, for example, used to establish his position for the most part. But Rupa Goswami took a whole different approach. Hmm? And in the context of that, not only did he distinguish between a beautiful form of Vedanta and a very dry idea of Vedanta by comparison, Brahmagyan at best, hmm? but he also distinguished between Bhagavan Narayana and Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna, all from a poetic kind of perspective from a feeling perspective. He wrote in Bhakti Samrita Sindhu, yes, what is that verse? Sadam tatas tobede tom. From the point of view of tattva, Rupa Goswami wrote in Bhakti Samrita Sindhu, yes, Narad and Siddhanta, Narayan and Krishna, they're one. But if we analyze from the point of view of feeling, rasa, taste, and so forth, we have a different conclusion that we reach. What is that conclusion? 
Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, there is more possibility for taste, for feeling. And life is about feeling. That's what we're, we're living for. <laughs> we're not living for the math of it all. We're living for the feeling it gives. When they just had the World Series passed, when the baseball guy hits the ball, hmm, and then it goes at a certain trajectory and reaches so many, so many yards into the stands and so forth. Um, that's something about the whole thing, right? That's the math of it. The ball came at this fast. They'll analyze it sometimes like that. And he threw that with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball and had he swung it and hit this part of the bat and it went this high and it went that far and it landed in this spot and so forth. Hmm? But if that was all that the, that the whole thing was about, <laughs> nobody would pay much attention to it. But if there's an emotive component there's a feeling, and it's almost over, and there's two outs, and it's the last inning, and it's two strikes, and if he... Yeah, bases are loaded, and they're down by three, and if he could hit a home run now, what chance is there? But if he did, it would be, it, they would win, and, and all this, and emotions, it, it, it drives the whole thing, and he hits it, and it goes, and People flood the, the stadium and so forth. This is what makes it worth uh, watching, not just a description mathematically of how fast the ball was thrown, how high, how far it was batted, and so on and so forth. So this is what life is about. This is what we're living for, hmm? for rasa. Hmm? So... <clears throat> So Rupa Goswami took this poetic language and poet, poetry, drama, so what they're supposed to like make life bigger and, and, and really play out the emotional life of, of everyone and, and, and let people explore it. Emotional experiences that you might not have even been able to have. Hmm? You know, everybody can't go and climb Mount Everest, but you could watch a movie of somebody and he slips. And he almost falls, and he finally gets to the top, and the great uh, victory uh, is achieved. And so, and you can feel it. It's almost like you went there. You, you did it. You, you climbed with him, and you fell with him, and you slipped with him, and you, and so on and so forth. So, so this is the language that that is kind of the upper rim, if you will, of the material world. It seeks to take us beyond the the possibilities in an emotive sense, and life is about emotion. So this language, he says, this is what he, he speaks about, he says, there are other books, and they're even composed huh, uh, of uh, chitrapadam, huh, beautiful language, poetic language, the highest, and this language, if it is secular, huh, if it is not full of jasho, hare, and what is that? That the fame of Bhagawan, what is the what is the nature of that? He says, Jagat Pavitram. Prabhunitakarichit. This Yasho, Hare Hare Yasho, the, the fame, the glory of Hari, its nature is such that it, that the whole Jagat Pavitram, it can purify the whole world. He's making a contrast right in the first verse. That language 
however beautiful, that does not contain glorification of Hari, which has the power to purify the whole world. What is it? He says, Tadvasam Tirtam. It is a Tirtha, no doubt. It is a place that people go. It is a, it is, it is a sacred place for pe- some people hmm? who are like crows. Hmm? Crows, where do they go? Hmm? Where do the gr- crows gather? What is their temple? Hmm? What is their place of pilgrimage? Right, you see them at the dump. Hmm? There they are, collecting the, the, the refuse of other people. Or like the vulture, when the, the dead thing is there, then it, it goes after that. It's a, that. That is his Tirtha. Hmm? Festival for one and is, is, is a, a funeral for another, right? Festival for one is a funeral for another. So they, uh, this, he says, this is like, he uses the comparison. This is a place of pilgrimage for crows. And then... Ushanti manasa nayatra hangsa niramanti usikshaya. Those who are not crow-like, they are the hangsas, swans. So two types of birds are mentioned here, crows and swans. And swans are repeatedly used in the Bhagavad um, uh, as um, a, uh, an aspect of nature that um, by, by, uh, to give a comparison to saintly people, hamsa. In fact, uh, the uh, sadhus are called hamsas or hamsas or paramhamsas, great swans. Swans are beautiful animals. Uh, if you see a crow, it's not a big, you know, deal, but a beautiful swan, white, pure. The crow is black, and so there's a contrast: the black hat, the white hat, kind. Of, and, and where does the swan, um, con- where the swans congregate in beautiful ponds, beautiful lakes? Usikshaya. It means a couple of things. One of the things it means is lakes. Beautiful, beautiful lake. It's just peaceful to see. Uh, you, you approach the beautiful lake, and 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 it's calm, placid, and it uh, gives kind of a tranquility to the mind. Hmm? So people like to gravitate towards those places for peace of mind, to get away from their troubles and, and so forth. And there the beautiful swan is floating on, on the top, something like that. Hmm? So the place of pilgrimage for swans, and this usikshaya also means, hmm? usik means uh, like uh, pleasurable, hmm? Pleasurable lakes, Uchikshaya means also pleasurable abode. Hmm? So the swans have a pleasurable abode. It is the lake, and when the swans are compared, uh, when, the, when the sages, saints, sadhus, hmm, are compared to swans, they reside in the beautiful abode of Bhagavan. Hmm? Bhagavan says that sadhus are my heart. Hmm? What is that? Sadhago. Hmm. Um, Hridayam, I am. 
They, I am my, my heart, my, they're their heart, they are my heart, they, they live in me, I live in them, they own, know only me, they're only interested in me. Hmm? Not every other literature in the world, or any other literature in the world, hmm? only as much as they can relate it to the life of service to Bhagawan. So, devotees, like swans, they stay in the abode of the Lord, and the abode of the Lord is wherever his glories are being chanted. Hmm? He says, what, that, Naham Vaikunta Tishtami, what is it? Yogi Namhirdeshu hmm? I'm not in Vaikuntha, I'm not in the hearts of the yogis, Onard. Hmm? But, Yatra Gayanti Madhbhakta, wherever my devotees are singing my glories, that is where I'm present. Of course, they're singing his glories in, in Vaikuntha, but, hmm? but if they're not in Vaikuntha per se, but here and singing his glories, then he's as present. Hmm? He's present in Srimad Bhagavatam. So, there's no rasa, it means, this is Jiva Goswami's opinion, there's no rasa in secular rasa books. However, poet, poetically beautiful is the drama, the theater, the the poetic books, he says, if there's any rasa, it is vibhatsa. Vibhatsa is one of the twelve rasas. There are five primary and seven secondary. Vibhatsa means disgust, the taste of disgust, like ugh, yuck, you say. So this is, he says, this is what you can derive from the best of material life, however well it is spoken about, however, whatever charming, however much we try to extend the material life itself. Hmm? If material life is about emotional sentiment uh, and, and romantic sentiment, let's say, in particular, we try to just make the most beautiful romance possible in material existence at all, falls short. Hmm? It ends with nothing but disgust. Hmm? She will turn into an old hag. Hmm? He will turn into a, a couch potato. One, they will disappoint one another. They will both die. Hmm? It cannot endure. Hmm? It's a recipe for, <laughs> for problem hmm? only, for sorrow. Hmm? <laughs> this should be emphasized. Hmm? Hmm? Bhagavatam offers us such a beautiful alternative then. In the next verse he said, that tagvisargo jonataga viplavo. So those uh, words that are of a different creation, hmm? That um, uh, those words that are uh, put together, compiled, created, hmm? the word visarga is used here. Prabhupada takes it kind of in a literal, set, literal sense, another creation. Hmm? I always like that. Hmm? That literature full of the descriptions, the glories of the Lord, is, is another creation altogether. It's another world. Literally, it kind of means those words that, that are created for the glorification, composed for the glorification of the Lord, but they make another creation altogether. A different world altogether. And one can live within beautifully. Uh, so now he's directly speaking about that. Uh, but it's those words that are not, that's like a place of pilgrimage to the prose. Those that are, hmm, they, 
those that are not niramanti, there's no ramanti there. Hmm? What does Gita say? Tushyanti cha, ramanti cha. The devotees, bodhayantas parasparam, tushyanti cha, ramanti cha. What is the first line? They are always uh, glorifying, doing kirtan, actually. That's the second line. It's the third line. Tushyanti cha, ramanti cha. Satatam kirtayantomam, etantas cha, didabhad, no, that's a different verse. Namashyantas chamam. Or is it? Tushyanti charamanti chai. This is the right word. Or is it? Anyway, they're related. Katayantas chamam nityam. Tushyanti charamanti chai. Katayantas chamam nityam. He's describing the devotees. They're always doing kirtan about me. And Tushanti, from this they're getting satisfaction. And Ramanti, great pleasure. And Ramanti also implies, Tushanti implies Sambandhanuga Bhakti, Sambandhanuga Raganuga. And Ramanti implies Kamanuga, two types of Braj Bhakti. Sambandhanuga means Dasya, Sakya, Vatsalya Rasa for Krishna. Either of these. And uh, Kamanuga, Ramanti, means the conjugal love for Krishna, Madhurasa. Do you find the verb? Machita. Machita Madgata Prana. Machita Madgata Prana. Their minds are absorbed in me, their lives are absorbed in me. Bodhayantas Parasparam. Together they mutually enlighten one another about me. Katayantas Chamanityam. They're always talking about me. They're doing Harikata. Hare, the glories of Hari, glories of me. Tushyanti cha, Ramanti cha. They're engaged in Sambhananuga, Rag Bhakti, or Kamanuga, Rag Bhakti. They really know me. They love me. And Niramanti, he, say, he says Niramanti. Ramanti implies romantic love. Hmm? In the first verse we're discussing that, he says, Niramanti, there's no romance in those romantic books. <laughs> most of the books. Either they're really about the chick flicks, you know, about romance and possibility of a... Or even in the, in the guy flicks, there's a romance in there too, right? There's the war and then there's the romance. <laughs> so... Uh, so no, and this is the you know we're all moving for love. So uh, he said, there's no niramanti. These sadhus they t- they find, they think there's no possibility there. Hmm? That's a place for crows only. Hmm? Oh, it's a it, it's it's a, it's a farce. Hmm? It's a blank check. Hmm? You you never experience that the true love, your your soulmate. <laughs> Only as much as that soulmate is a, is is a, is a is a um, is a uh, what's the term? No, no, rasa, rasa, rasa language, please. Sanjaribhav, sanjaribhav that facilitates, that augments, that, that helps to promote is taibhav. For Krishna, 
this this is this is this is acceptable. This is good. Mm-hmm. That's not what these other books, however beautiful in the world, are talking about. Those books that don't contain glorification of Hari. So this other creation, that's another thing. Mm-hmm. It's full of this is Bhagavatam. This is the romantic life of Krishna. What a what an offer. They just you just criticize the romantic literature and so forth as being useless. It's a place of pilgrimage for crows. We da- our hopes have been dashed for having love. Shall we, shall we just settle for the knowledge that the world doesn't work? Hmm? This is not a recipe for joy, no. Hmm? So enter Sri Krishna, hmm? Radha Krishna. Here is the perfect romance. Hear about it. Participate in it. Hmm? Be a player in that, hmm? and, and and even taste romantic love yourself. Thereby, hmm? this is what Bhagavatam offers. Hmm? It offers Sushyanti cha, Ramanti cha. Hmm? So it's very user friendly because, after all, this is what people are looking for. And what is the proof? These books are selling. Hmm? These movies are, you know, the Titanic. You know, it wasn't so much the sinking of the ship. As the love affair that was that would be lost uh, was found and, and it was to be lost. Oh, that's the Bhagavatam right there. It's found. It was thought to be as unsinkable as the Titanic itself. It felt like that. Hmm? Isn't it a love story in the in the Titanic? There was a, it was a famous movie, but I'm sure it must be right. You saw it, right? It's, it was thought to be. Unsinkable, but they were separated, something like that, as the ship itself was thought to be and went down. Hmm? So such is material life, however good it gets, and such is the Bhagavatam, so good. Hmm? This is where the sadhus care to take us to another creation that is so powerful, yasmin pratislokam. Now he's giving a comparison, yasmin pratislokam, avadabhati api. This literature is so powerful, so beautiful, that one sloka, Prabhupada used to extend, he said, one word, hmm? one verse, not one verse, one word of Bhagavatam, if people hear it, it can change their life. We used to sell the Bhagavatam in the streets, and we'd think if I could just, somebody could just touch, he said that, not even if they hear it, they just touch the book, their life would be changed. We used to think, touch it, touch it. <laughs> I'd say, well, yeah, I've got these books here. Hold on to this for a second, would you? I'll have to tie my shoe. Anyway, I think he's holding the book. All right, his life will be changed in due course. <laughs> We're creating some Agyata Sukriti here. Hmm? And then we say something from the book, show him a verse and so forth. Hmm? Pointer to the poetry of the Bhagavatam, change your life. Yasmin Pratislokam, Abodhavati Api. Prabhupada used to say the nature of this message of the Bhagavatam is that it is, it is, a, it is with great, uh, it is spoken with a great urgency. Vyas had a great necessity that this arose out of. The Bhagavatam is the fulfillment of that urgency. Hmm? And so it, it contains within it an urgent uh, message. That, that the urgency of Vyas that it arises out of is found within the text itself. It's a very compelling glorification of Bhagavan that says with all the Vedanta that it's that it, it is it's, uh, it's kind of at its foundation 
Krishna is like the smiling face of the Bhagavatam Krishna Leela, but it has a lot of supporting evidence and so forth. Hmm? Bhakti Vedanta. Hmm? So it's very compelling that the, after all, here we find it. The negative. Hmm? There's no pleasure there. It's a recipe for problem. This is all in the Bhagavatam also, right? Hmm? So it, this is, it serves to be very compelling, like the house on fire. Probably give the example. The house is on fire. Say there's an Italian family on the first floor, a Spanish family on the uh, second floor, and a Hindi, Hindu fa- Hindi-speaking family on the third floor. Somebody outside says in English, fire! Hmm? All of them have a different word for fire. None of them understand the English language. But there's a sense of urgency with which the person says, fire, get the heck out of there. Hmm? It's on fire. So they run out of the building. Hmm? And then they see the fire. Then they see it, then they understand it. Hmm? Ah. So the urgency with which the Bhagavatam is spoken hmm, makes it extremely compelling. Hmm? Even the implication is even if you don't understand it, or even if the message of the Bhagavatam is not composed beautifully like those other literatures. Hmm? Maybe you find the secular literature, like Kavya uh, Prakat, uh, well, that's a grammar book for secular literature, but there are nice examples in it. So anyway, beautiful book, uh, like uh, Kalidasa's, what is Kalidasa's famous? No, no. It's a, oh, okay, that's one I didn't know. <laughs> Thank you. He has another more famous one. Anyway, uh, a secular poetic, romantic uh, book that is that, that is so beautifully composed it wins whatever, the Pulitzer Prize for literature hmm? because of the, uh, the, the, the uh, nature of its composition and so forth. Well, the message of the Bhagavatam, the, the essential idea of the Bhagavatam, the spirit of the Bhagavatam, even if it's blurted out, hmm? like the kirtan that Narada heard in his previous life as a Gandharva, it wasn't very nicely composed. It didn't have a veena and a sarod and tabla and, and so on and so forth. It wasn't classical music. It was chang, 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 boom, boom. Prabhupada said, when the devotee would ask, when the devotee asked how to play the Vedanta, he said, just beat it with love. <laughs> And chant. He's, he's basically saying, not that you shouldn't learn the art necessarily, but if you, if you don't beat it with love, you know, you know the art. What's the value of that? Hmm? Uh, I met a boy once who, uh, a Gurukul boy, Indian boy, who played Murdunga, and I asked him, I said, so he was an expert Murdunga player, and he would teach how to play Murdunga. So I said, I have a question for you. You are a teacher of Murdunga. What is the most important um, thing in, that one has to know in order to play the Madanga? I was testing him. Hmm? And so he said, he thought for me, he said, the mantra. I said, yes, and which mantra? And then he gave a mantra glorifying the Madanga. Mm-hmm. Hmm? So it was a very nice answer. Praising the Madanga, glorifying, this is the instrument of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? 
that is the eternal member of the Sankirtan. I'm just trying to latch on to it, and it will take me back to Godhead. I'm trying to have it play me, basically, as the spirit that we would offer respect to the Madangam. Not that the most important thing is you got to turn it like this. You got to you, you got to know the this beat and that and so on and so forth. No, so you had a very nice and devotional understanding, and I said, "You're fully yes, approved. You are a good Madanga teacher." And that was the answer I was actually looking for. So it's nice to hear that. <clears throat> so when Prabhupada said, "Be with love," he's speaking about the speed. This is the most important thing, and that's what the Bhagavatam is saying here. The very word abadhabati means it can be mean can mean grammatically, uh, grammatical irregularities. So even if there are grammatical irregularities, it's in broken language somehow or other, it's not as beautifully composed as a text of this world, hmm? still it should be listened to. It has power. It will change your life. Hmm? Of course, it is beautifully composed as well. <laughs> That's another thing. It is. But... He's also saying, in editions of the Bhagavatam that may come, there may be uh, some grammatical mistake. Um, Chaitanya Dev asked his guru, or his guru Ishwarpura, before he had initiated Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, said, I have written a book, and you are a great scholar, Nimai Pandit. I'd like you to check it over. And Mahaprabhu, who was Nimai Pandit, he said, uh, he said, what can I do? You're a devotee. What can I do to check your book to see if it has any mistake? Hmm? Whatever a devotee writes, that's perfect. Even if he says Vishnaya, if he writes Vishnaya instead of Vishnave, which would be grammatically incorrect, Vishnaya to Vishnu instead of Vishnave, then this, because his heart is in the right place, then it's perfect. He's making offering, in other words, Om, whatever, whatever, Vishnaya, Om, Krishnaya, Vishnaya. anyway, Krishna Vahe, Vishnaya. <laughs> um, it's not grammatically perfect tonight, but uh, <laughs> if I make an offering to Bhagavan the ideas and I don't say the word quite right, so he accepts. My heart, Baba Grahib Janardana, he accepts the spirit. That doesn't give us a license to just not bother to learn how to say it right or how to play the instrument technically correctly and so forth. If we had devotion, we would want to do that also. But if we fall short in that, still the spirit of our offering will be uh, accepted. We may say, don't play. We accept the spirit of it, but you should learn a little bit better how to play <laughs> at the same time. Maybe hmm? you will. Why? Well, you didn't accept, then you don't have the right spirit. So, no, we shouldn't be offended by that. We should think, yes, I should learn to play it right, and so forth. And know that my imperfect attempts are also being appreciated because my heart was in the right place. Hmm? So, um, he's giving, anyway, the contrast here. And Nard had the experience, right? He heard the Kisen Kirtan. It was just the coal and cartel. These are very simple instruments the clay drum and cymbals. It's not a sophisticated symphony, Gandharva symphony. And he, he said, what is this? Hmm? He took exception to that. It was full of the glorification of Bhagavan from the hearts of the devotees. 
So it had an impact on him. It gave him a gyata sukriti. Even though he criticized and made an offense, we should not criticize the Bhagavatam. It's written at different times, in different ways, in different circumstances. It may carry with it statements that aren't directly about the Lord or statements that, that for example, it may use an analogy at a certain time and place to make a point. Later we may find that the analogy is inaccurate, but the point it's making is accurate nonetheless. Hmm? That should be honored, something like that. So we honor the book, honor the book in, a, in an essential way. There are statements in the Bhagavatam that might seem to be about worldly topics, but that's all part of um, the couching and the presentation of essential, an essential rasic glorification of Hari to the full um, uh, measure. So, this kind of thing he says, a book about this, would you're an author, this would be a good idea. This would be a remedy to your problem. Those words that are in the glorification of Hari, even if imperfectly composed, when uh, sung about and heard about, and uh, uh, they are anantasya. Hmm? This is again a compare. They are anantasya compared to this other literature that is just a dead end. Puna punas charvita charvananam in the language of Prahlad. It is chewing the chewed. It is the refuse of the crows. It is what somebody else has chewed and thrown away. You've emptied the package. There's a few drops left, but yeah. throw that here. The crows will eat that. Hmm? It is the same thing over and over again. This is, we're buying a new house. We're so excited. And someone else can't wait to dump it on us. They can't wait to sell it. They can't wait to get out of it. And we're buying it. This is material life. Hmm? So this is the crow's life. It's going after the rejected refuse of someone else. Hmm? It's hackneyed. It's stale. In Bhagavatam's anantasya, the glories of the Lord, they have no limit. They are ananta. Hmm? You never find the bottom there. It's like to drink a drink and you never find an elixir. Uh, never find the bottom. Hmm? And what does Bhagavatam say? Pibhuta Bhagavatam rasamalayam urho rasika bhuvi bhavuka. Drink it and you, 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 you couldn't finish the glass and you passed out and you wake up and it's full. Again, you drink. Couldn't finish it, passed out, wake up. It's not where you left off. It's full. <laughs> Again. Hmm? Again, read the verse. Again, new meaning, new life. Hmm? Such, such is the nature of Srimad Bhagavatam. Such is the nature of the glories of Bhagavan Sri Krishna that uh, Narad is suggesting Vyas should preoccupy himself with as a solution to this problem. Gantaras Srimad Bhagavatam Kijaya. Any question? What's the time? What's the question? That was already addressed because um, he's godlike. And he may also be considered Shaktivesh. So, in terms of his Avesh, he's empowered by and representing Bhagavan. So, Vyasa said, You're as good as Bhagavan. So, it may also be used to address great devotees in that way. It doesn't mean that they are 
God in every respect. After all, Sakshadhari Tvena Samastha Shastra is everywhere in Shastra. What does it mean? Sakshadhari Tvena. We sing it every morning. The Guru is directly Hari. Sakshadhari Tvena. Directly in a representational sense. So sometimes, rarely, but sometimes, that the, the term is used in the Bhagavatam in relation to great devotees, Bhagavan, Sukadeva, Bhagavan, Narada. Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai. Bhagavan, Nitananda Prabhu ki jai. Radha Govinda ki jai. Krishna Balaram ji ki jai. Kaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai.